Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we talk about the May Melee Tournament, Monty's rejected tournament format, and a new possible hero. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the gameplay section of week 16 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Um, this was the this was the big May melee that we've been waiting for for the entire month, and I don't think it disappointed. It was a, a lot of surprising gameplay from teams that I, I never would have thought would have gone as far as they did, and some, some disappointing play from teams that I really thought had a better shot at this. Um, but anyways, how has your weekend in gaming been, Kevin? Uh, it, it's been pretty pretty weird. My sleep schedule is so thrown off. Uh, I don't know what what day is it, uh, what what time it is. All it's I know day, is Kevin. is sun is, is is Sunday is sun up? Yes, no. Uh, do am I sleeping? Why not? Um, why am I sweaty? Uh, going to sleep? Like there's just random just just random things like that. I hope everybody's having a like being able to survive during this uh, quarantine. If you guys are not, uh, play some Overwatch, hit us up, uh, Twitter, whatever works. Um, but yeah, it is, it's just interesting. Game, gaming is interesting right now. Um, I want to play more, but uh, I'm, I'm just waiting on friends and crew. Uh, how about you? How are your games going? Um, I haven't been able to play as much as I would have liked just because I've been doing editing for this and learning premiere for the other podcast. And then my sister got a hamster for her birthday. So um, it's been a lot of paying attention to the hamster. Um, they poop a lot more than you would think, but I, according to my sister, like their poop is clean. It's their pee that you need to watch out for. Cause that's where all the bacteria is. And like their pee is really thick. It's like syrupy, which is, I never would have expected, and it's kind of disgusting, but the hamster is fun to play with. But uh, yeah, I, I played a little bit of the anniversary event. Um, yesterday was Lucio Ball, so I skipped doing that, and I tried comp, and it was just sad, the amount of hero tank players that were trying to get those magical highlight reel plays, and screwed over the entire team so we lost those matches so my healer placements are abysmal they're in like 16 now it was like close to 19 last season and then now it's nothing so i'm, I'm kind of sad and speaking of sleep schedule like i don't know why 
but in the last week couple of weeks like i my sleep's been even worse and i've been having dreams that even though i've been out of college for for quite some time now i'm having these dreams that i've been i'm just not doing my assignment or not studying for a test and i'll go into class and like everything's due or i have a big exam and it's just like oh crap so something's yeah, going wrong in know, yeah same thing with me like i've had a dream a couple times where i'm just like why am i at school like why <laughs> Like I graduated a long time ago. I don't. I don't need to be here right now. And then you realize, wait, why? I, I'm missing like eight assignments. I, like there's a test today. And I'm like, I what? I I wasn't. I wasn't informed. And I'm just like, yeah. You just stress out over those. And I I know it makes no sense, but it it's just weird. Dude, school is so stressful. Like, especially with, with Corona right now. Like my sister had her AP test and like. A lot of uh, seniors right now who are and juniors and sophomores who are taking AP classes are freaking out because like they'll, they'll try to submit their uh, their AP exam answers and then it just doesn't upload. And then their five minute timer runs out for uploading and then it's like, sorry, we didn't get your AP test. So yeah, I mean like the, the average student today and like I think it's mostly college, but I think you can apply it to high school too. Um, the average student today has more stress than a... Uh, a psychiatric patient 50 years ago that that is that is insane and that shouldn't be that shouldn't be allowed even nope. uh like i i understand like we're we're quote unquote you know we're bottom of the bottom of the board uh we we need to like raise our education levels or whatever um but i do understand like we just have to figure out how we how we operate uh but honestly like the coronavirus probably isn't helping uh a lot more students i, I can tell you probably like I, I probably know three or four people who were probably just playing games during their during their class i could probably mean <laughs> like three off the top of my head like they'll they'll open up the zoom they'll put it on the corner and then they'll just open overwatch and just play and i'm like come on guys you gotta, you gotta finish your work first then we can then we can mess around uh but yeah i i know i know a few of those i'll play like animal crossing during my zoom meetings or i'll like try to sell my turnips <laughs> it's really bad yeah see like um, like that's that's okay because that's like it, it it's not like absorbing your time it's not like it's a passive it's game. not it's a passive game yeah you don't have to worry about too much but when it gets to like playing a whole full-on like comp game in the middle of class i'm like dude <laughs> like how how have you not been caught and he's like oh yeah i mean i've seen that. it before like in an actual lecture hall so i guess it works yeah i wouldn't advise it but i've seen it done like they just on their yeah. laptop just loaded overwatch and played a match during lecture all right anyway so let's uh let's move to the uh the may melee tournament so Day one was was knockouts and qualifiers for the North American bracket. And so the bottom two teams were the Defiant and the Titans. And the way that the entire main melee tournament worked was um, the losers would choose the map. So they, they've given a first map and whoever loses, they're picking a, a map according to, I guess, what they're comfortable on and what they think they can exploit the other team on. Um, and you, there are some maps where it was just like literally trading back and forth. And there are some map or matchups when it was it was very clearly dominant no matter what map 
the loser picked. Um, but so uh, the Defiant versus the Titans. The Defiant won this, but I'm honestly surprised that the Titans did as well because it was a 3-2. Like the Titans really could have won here. Um, and we missed the first matchup because uh, the VOD for this started after that first map. I don't know what happened with their technology. I guess both times it was control in 99 to zero in favor of the Defiant. So it wasn't a good start for the Titans. But Vancouver started with a new DPS this week, Shockwave, out for, he was out there instead of Tsuna. And honestly, Shockwave was a big help to them because Shockwave, I believe, was on the, the Echo a lot. And I, I just don't know what it was. Swapping out this one character made them just a lot more coherent. Like Dalton was able to, to go off on his own a lot more and get the shots on like the Ash or the Widowmaker. So I think maybe they were just probably waiting for, for Shockwave to finally be eligible to play. And then I'm hoping that this is their starting roster now because with, with Shockwave's ability to do his own thing and get the kills and not die, the tanks are a lot freer. And like I said, Dalton can, can go off and do his Ash thing. I'm just really hoping that after this all ends with the two weeks that they have to, to kind of sit and, and, go back to the drawing board and recover that when the June tournament comes around, the Titans are going to look a lot better because I'm actually very encouraged by what I saw from them. They did lose. Um, but this actually, they could have beaten the Defiant here. So then after the, uh, the qualifiers were the knockout rounds for the North American bracket. We had the eternal versus the uprising, which the eternal won three to two. The Rain versus the Defiant was, was a 3-0. The Glads versus the Justice, another 3-0. And the Fuel versus the Outlaws, which unfortunately for my team was a 3-1. Um, I watched the Uprising versus the Eternal event. A lot of what you and I talked about, Kevin, when we're talking about the Boston Uprising is, yes, they're on an upward trend, but can they actually hold up against a higher team? Um, and, and looking at this, the, the answer is no. It was a, it was a three to two, so they have some potential, but they they just brought in Punk. I think getting a lot more coherent with Punk on their team might be how the Boston Uprising kind of get better back to form and, and start to win. Um, Boston was still very good. Paris was very messy. They made a lot of mistakes throughout, but. Paris is still, I think they still have mechanically a better team than Boston. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Eternal, they're just strong. Uh, they, I, I don't understand, like, why this was such a difficult thing for them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it was just, it's just weird, honestly. I think just probably what's weird is the, the player change-ups, because Paris just got Fielder, and mm-hmm. then Boston just got Punk. So maybe it was a little bit of that uncertainty on, on both teams having that new player. Because um, both of them have really been a benefit to their teams. Fielder is amazing on his Ana, and Punk is a very good D.Va, getting a lot of D.Va bomb kills, which honestly we don't see a lot of bomb kills anymore. I, I think that that might have been it. And also the pressure. A lot of the teams in the main melee tournament did way better than they've ever done throughout the entire season. So... Maybe it's that pressure. Maybe it's that incentive to win and mo- win the money and get the uh, get those wins to their record. After day one, we go to the quarterfinals for and, and both 
uh, regions are playing today, North America and Asia. So starting with North America, we finished all the qualifiers. So all the teams that are playing now are in contention for winning the, this money. So um, the North American bracket was the Dallas Field versus the San Francisco Shock, which San Francisco took the three to one. The Atlanta Rain versus the Florida Mayhem, four to one, that three to one. The Gladiators versus the Fusion. Um, the Philadelphia Fusion took that three to one. The Paris Eternal versus the um, Los Angeles Valiant, which I was really surprised that the Valiant won this one. That was a, a two to three in favor of the Valiant. Um, I've kind of like, I do like the Valiant. I, I'm more pro Valiant over the, the Gladiators. They were very close. It was a very close match. They went to six. They, they, they did draw on one map. I think it was map three that they did draw. Um, I don't know. I think Paris had better individual play on their, their players, but I think that the LA Valiant somehow were more coherent as a team. I think specifically looking at Hanamura, which was the draw, um, the, Paris, the, the LA Valiant did their TP strat onto point, which it worked twice. And after that first one, the Paris Eternal should have known it was coming. They, they just, they let it happen too many times. And I think that's, that's maybe symptomatic of what happened in this match, that the Paris Eternal are a good team. They just made so many mistakes and they didn't come together to predict what the LA Valiant was doing. Whereas the LA Valiant kind of had a, they, they figured out the Paris Eternal. Paris Eternal, for example, on the second point of Hanamura, they kept going through that upper window. And every single time, the Valiant were able to stop them. Like, yes, it is probably the best ingress point on Hanamura, but you have to change it up so that you're not getting caught in the same spot every time. The Valiant versus the Paris Eternal, that was a two-and-a-half-hour match because it went to six maps. So these teams are really bringing their all. Yeah, and I'm glad that they are. Like, this just proves that there is a lot going on um, in NA. They're not just sleeping here. Um, so I'm really glad that they have, you know, high-level gameplay for us to enjoy during this time. And, you know, kind of making it into a structured tournament makes it easier for us to follow at the moment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that they did that. Um, and we, we get to see these teams face off again. Um, but yeah, honestly, these games for sure were not rollovers, which is really refreshing to see. Um, but at the same time, like it did feel like there were a lot of upsets in my opinion. Um, I didn't think honestly, I I didn't put the mayhem at this at this point at least to beat the rain. I didn't think that they. Oh would yeah, no, I didn't think so either. Um, but. Apparently, they, they found something that worked for them. Um, do you think that these, this tournament is, means anything in terms of the regular season? Um, because uh, during this tournament, they did take off hero pools. So do you think that you know, some, some teams were like, oh, yeah, this wasn't our week. But now because there is you know, no, no banned heroes, it's just like all let loose. and You can kind of do whatever. I don't know about that because um, they've been playing with hero bands for so long and they didn't have a lot of time to prep with just no hero bands. So I don't know if that, that did 
anything really to them because they're playing very similar comps to what they're what they'd be running normally in the season. Um, I think if anything, what happened was there was a clearer path to victory since it was a very like you can look at and visualize the bracket on how to win. Um, also, there's the money incentive and that that win incentive for the end of the season. So. I think that definitely pushed the teams a lot harder. Like they, you could see success coming. Um, so there, there's, there's that drive there of get actual money, which is really what a lot of people are, are after. It's, it's what kind of validates sports as an industry. Um, I don't, and what surprised me is that all the expectations we had from the regular season were thrown out the window. I've been extolling the Paris Eternal for the longest time, but they lost to a, what I would consider is a, a middling tier team like the LA Valiant as much as I like them. So this has just literally been upsets all around. And like the Titans, they lost, but they did so much better in one week than they had in the three weeks they'd been playing. So I, I think going into this, all of our expectations were kind of meaningless because no matter how poorly a team performed, like there was always the opportunity that they were going to come back and flip it. Like we saw reverse sweeps. None of these up at least the quarterfinals, none of these were really rollovers there. All these teams were putting up a fight. And so like kind of jumping ahead, looking into the June tournament, I don't really think we can ever, I don't think we can go into any with any expectations there because like they proved the teams proved it here. If you give them an incentive to win, like they'll surprise you. Yeah, and this is what we're all here for. It's just that competitive spirit as well as, you know, Cinderella stories. Like, you don't expect, like, I don't think any of us expected the Mayhem to do this well. We didn't oh, expect, no, absolutely you know, the, not. The, the, the Titans to go head-to-head with a team like, you know, the Toronto Defiant. Um, it, it was just, like, I wouldn't say it's weird, but it was, like, unconventional from what we normally see. Um yeah, I'm glad term. that we got to see it, though. Unconventional is a good way to put it. Um, so the Asian bracket also played. They played earlier in the day, which, again, I just <laughs> I turned on my laptop and just let it stream to get the all tokens, then watched it later. But so Saturday, um, the Seoul Dynasty won 3-0 against the Hangzhou Spark. The Chengdu Hunters lost 2-3 to the New York Excel. And the London Spitfire went two to three against the Shanghai Dragons. So the Excelsior winning, I expected. The Dragons, I expected. The Seoul Dynasty winning, I did not, especially three to zero. Like we, we've seen this Seoul team do well, but we've also seen them do abysmally poorly. Like they're, I, the way I phrase it in, my, in the notes is they're a coin flip team. Um, they can do well, but you never know if they're going to be able to. Um, they took it in three. Like the soul came out of the gate swinging here. Um, it's just, I, I don't think that the spark were prepared for the soul to be aggressive as they were. I think really what was key for them was gesture for his superb Winston diving, like able to cleave the team in two, able to get the damage and, and get out when he needs to um, getting primal as fast as he did. Uh, I just, I, I don't know what the soul did to become as, as strong as they were right then, but whatever it is, it just keep going, keep working. I don't think anyone really, I expected them to lose 
this match. And I, I thought it would be a steamroll the other way. Uh, honestly, for me, I, I knew that they had the potential to do something like this. Um, I was surprised that the Spark didn't play Architect. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that they, they just picked him up. Right. There might you know be chemistry issues, but he's a headshot machine. Uh, just put him in, see what happens. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, like no harm, no foul uh, at this point. But yeah, to see the Soul Dynasty pop off like this was insane. Uh, I, I did not expect, you know, I didn't expect them to go this far um, and, and duel them at this kind of level. It's really a, a win that they really needed. I'm, I'm really happy for the Soul Dynasty here. And also, I, I, the thing that I noticed, especially, I, I just noticed it here in my notes, but a big strategy throughout the entire um, tournament that teams were running is just, and it worked pretty much every time, is take out the main tank and the rest of the team falls. I think that was really a lot of the underlying strategy. Like, there's teams like the NYXL who can really come back from losing that main tank and still hold. They're really good at that. But if you're not that team, I think your best bet was just focus main tank and you would win the fight. Then next fight, they would focus your main tank and then they would win the fight. Or if you could manage to take out their main tank before they even got in, you would hold. So um, I don't know if that was something specifically that teams were, were focusing on as a strategy, but it's something that I noticed was happening time and time again. It It is one of those things where if you focus on the main tank, this is something that most people like normally focus on but like if you hyper focus the main tank that removes a shield and the rest of them are literally exposed at that point so if you want to apply this to your to your actual ranked games like think of it in that sense where you're you're going in and removing their main source of like support and healing or their their main their main source of damage mitigation. You are taking that away from them. Um, that is honestly the way to go. Um, if you can if you can get that any day of the week, go for it. So let's move on to to day three, which was the uh, the semifinals and the finals. Um, one note that I did have here is like for the rest of the season, like there there were technical issues, but they weren't too bad. I just noticed that today, especially, there were a lot of issues of. of the action happening and then five seconds later the audio would kick in which like it was very hard for me to watch and focus and take notes because i'm seeing things happen and then they're talking about it it was just it's just rough i think i don't know what happened with the the tech issues here maybe it's the uh the more cross-continent play that they're doing but that's enough that's a thing something i hope they fix for the june tournament um anyway so the day three bracket so the the semifinals uh, rounds were the Shock versus the Valiant and the Fusion versus the Florida Mayhem. So, um, the San Francisco Shock, I don't, I don't want to say unsurprisingly because this tournament was all about surprises, but unsurprisingly they they beat the Valiant three to zero. Um, but surprisingly, the Florida Mayhem just trounced the Philly Fusion three to one. That was just a very, very weird turn for me. When I was watching, I was watching this match like live. I was watching this one and I was like, there's no way. Like there, there is no, I'm like, okay, Mayhem took the first map. Okay. You know what? The Fusion are going to bounce back. And they, they, they did for a little bit. For, for one and map. And then they got, for one map. 
and then they got destroyed. I was, I, I don't even, I was lost for words. I, if you, if there was betting here, like if you put money on the mayhem, you, you're rolling in dough at this point. I think everyone would have put money on the Philly Fusion. So all of us who would have bet would have just utterly destroyed our winning brackets here. I think for, I don't know what, I can't, I don't, I'm not able to really pinpoint what it was. But BQB and Yaki, I think, were the key for the Philly Fusion because just Yaki on the tracer wrecking the backline of the Philly Fusion was absolutely mad. Like, I, I, they just didn't have an answer when Yaki was on Tracer. And then BQB on the both the Widowmaker and the Ash, they gave him way too much room. Way too much room to play. A lot of really good Bob's usage. Um, I think what, what won it for Philly Fusion on that second map of Blizzard, Blizzard World, that one map they did win, was they're like the New York XL where they can stall they were able to stall it out and get the holds, but that's really all they had was the stall game. I, I don't, again, I don't know what the Philly fusion did to, to lose this one. Maybe they were, maybe they were underestimating the, the determination and the sheer madness of the Philly fusion as a team. And may, I don't know what the Philly fusion did to, to trounce uh, such a high seed as the the Philly Fusion, because yes, they were. I think they were third seed in North America, but they, then again, they've been playing lower seed teams the entire time. So to come against an actual, I guess, a team that I felt deserved their higher seed more than the Florida Mayhem did, it's flabbergasting. Yeah, it was kind of insane to to see this go down. Um, honestly, yeah, I, I I totally thought the fusion were gonna beat the shock at the end, but um, it is that one-two punch. It you you have the long range of a widow or an ash with a tracer in your face, so the tracer forces you to play closer together because if you can all hit her at the same time, you you kill her. Um, but at the same time, if you're playing like a Widow or something like that, the fact that you're all playing together means that they can find sightlines and angles that they can abuse. So it's tough to really deal with that. The only way to really focus that is to play dive. And I really didn't see that going into, you know, the Fusion's repertoire. Like, it for the most part, it was either Double Shield or like Ryan Diva. So it wasn't really their play style. Like a dive play style was the way to go, and they didn't have that ready. Um, I don't blame them. It is weird to see it, but that that is the way how you would have to play that. Plus also with, with BQB playing Ash, you have the Dynamite too. So you're playing close together to deal with the Tracer. The Dynamite comes out, it hits a bunch of you, you get that huge damage. Tracer cleans up the kills, and then that huge dynamite just gives BQB more alt charge to get another Bob. So it's just a highly effective strategy and they, they executed it way better than the fusion could probably have hoped to counter with. Again, I think it's just, I'm underestimating how, how determined the Philly fusion, I mean the 
via the Florida Mayhem were to, to win this. And so we go to the finals of the North American bracket, which is the San Francisco Shock versus the Florida Mayhem. The last time Florida beat the Shock was season one, stage two, which these teams are not anywhere close to who was playing and what they look like now. Um, what I don't understand is, like, I, I kind of understand it, but I don't agree with it, is how they changed the finals to a first to four. Because um, that, that kind of completely changes the dynamic of the entire tournament like all these previous rounds have been one to three and if like if you'd made those rounds one to four you might have had completely different uh, results considering how close a lot of these matches were and considering that the san francisco shock beat the florida mayhem four to two but the mayhem were up two to two to nothing going into the half like maybe maybe it being a, a first to three would have demoralize the shock a little bit more hype the mayhem up a little bit and, and i don't know change the energy so what are your thoughts on that change to a first to four i understand the thought process behind it it was like oh we, we want all the teams to play each map regardless right yeah um but at the same time like that does seem kind of weird um to, to do it in this kind of format it it's not really necessary um but I do understand if it's like if they wanted it for more content for the day, right? Um, it makes sense in that regard. But honestly, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, I didn't think that was, you know, the the right call. And it, it dragged these matches out to like three hours apiece, just these final rounds. Yeah, it really didn't need to happen that way. Um, I feel like once again, if it was, you know, halftime, it is two zero. Um, like it would have given the mayhem a little bit more of something to look forward to. Like they would have they would have felt, you know, a little bit better going into it. But um I do understand that it is it's it was a long day. It was definitely a long day. Um but the games were insane. I was watching it with my friend like live. We were sitting down and we're like Yo, it's two to two right now. Yeah. Uh what is going on? <laughs> and like we're we're just like breaking it down and we're like, dude, like Yaki is doing something else right now. Like, um, and I mean, if you heard the post-game interview with with uh Super, he was saying that they were actually practicing to face uh the the Philly fusion because they thought they were gonna fight the fusion. Um but they made the adjustment halfway through. They told Rascal, um, I think it was by map, uh, after map four, they told him, hey, don't worry about the rest of the team. Fight the Tracer. If you fight the Tracer, you beat the Tracer. We win that fight. And that's exactly what Rascal did. Like, it was, it's insane to, to see how well this team did. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what the mayhem can bring into the future and back into the league itself. I was wrong. So the, the, the match that I was talking about with the uh, up to was the, the soul versus the dragons, which we'll get to next. But like looking at the record here, it was, they were literally trading wins till the very end. It was shock one, then mayhem won the next map and the shock won that map and the mayhem won the next map. And then the shock at the end, they took the two to win. It looked like they were taking turns showing off how good they were. As as nice as it would have been to see the Cinderella story 
for the mayhem to, to win money for their organization for the first time in league history. I, I, I put my money on the shock on this one and, and they did win. Um, I think they're just the, the technically better team. Like they, they were able to make those changes. Um, the, I think Florida as a, as a team that's used to playing in the lower tier, they made a lot more mistakes. Um, like trickling, uh, go, going the same routes and not up, not changing their strategy, um, leaving the point alone for a little bit too long, stuff like that. But the, the Florida mayhem really did give them a run for their money. If it was a first to three matchup, then the San Francisco Shock would have been in a lot more trouble. The, this team honestly was a big surprise, and I'm glad uh, that we got to see this. I do agree that it did show, it showed up like, you know, oh, okay, let, let me style on you. Okay, we'll, we'll switch your turn. Uh, it, it is just kind of, it is like that where you don't really expect a lot of these teams to go, to go off as hard as they did. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that they did. And I'm, I'm glad that we got to see that gameplay. I think for me, my, one of my biggest takeaways is that, so yeah, the the San Francisco Shock, they've lost Architect. They've lost Sinatra on that damage roll. But they have Ons. Ons on the Widow was is, is a force to be reckoned with. But I think what really pushed the uh, the play for the, the San Francisco Shock over the edge was Violet on his Baptiste. Just pumping in the healing, mm-hmm. putting out those Ant Matrixes on the really close contested team fights to have that extra damage. He used his... Um, his immortality field right when they needed to. And it's just the Florida mayhem were never able to put up enough damage to counteract how much his healing was doing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think what got the Florida mayhem, the loss here was that they're not used. They don't, their roster isn't as mechanically talented as the San Francisco shock. And they're not used to playing up at this level, but I think they've shown that they're ready to, to take that step and start playing at this level. Yeah, I agree as well. It's like one of those teams where um, you don't really expect, especially a player like Violet, you don't expect him to be pumping out this much damage on a Baptiste. Like, you forget that this dude literally has a burst fire hit scan gun. And Mm -hmm. if you put that in the hands of somebody who can utilize that to its fullest advantage, uh, you're you're gonna get some insane plays. The San Francisco Shock have won the uh, won this tournament for the North American bracket. They've added um, three extra wins on top of the ones that they already had. They got the forty thousand dollars plus the five thousand dollars extra for each map that they also won or each match that they won. And then so now let's move over to the Asian bracket. The finals this. Uh, for this bracket were find it the dynasty versus the charge and the nyxl versus the dragons the soul dynasty took this over the uh going to charge three to two um so they made it to the finals and the shanghai dragons just thoroughly trounced the nyxl three to zero which i really wasn't expecting i was expecting a better fight from the, the NYXL. The NYXL just, they looked so limp. I keep saying that I think one of their best strategies is that stall. Uh, I think the 
Dragons did it better. They beat the NYXL at their own game. The the stall game was really insane on this. Like, um, you you would expect the NYXL to be putting up a little bit more of a fight uh, against the Dragons, but um, yeah, I mean, the Dragons are probably one of the best, if not the best, in the Asia region. So, I this I thought this would have gone either way, but yeah, uh, they they definitely put up a fight here. Um. Uh, so for for me, like a thing that I noticed is again with the uh, the tank, the tank focusing. Once mono falls, the uh, the NYXL really didn't have a prayer because again you don't have that shield, and the dragons are such a brute force that I mean, as good as the NYXL are, I it would have been hard for them to keep that stall game up. Um. Plus, Fleta is just insane on the Echo. Fleta is, Fleta is meta again, I think we can say. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people did sleep on him just because they thought, oh, well, he's on a new team. He doesn't have quite a lot. They thought he was washed like, up. Going, going for him. Yeah, they thought he was washed up, 100%. Um, but he proved them wrong. He, he definitely did. He, he was saying, like, you know what? You, you may think that, you know, I may, I may be taking a nap here. But uh, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm here to. I'm here to play. I'm here to stay. I'm here to fight. Uh, and can't tell me otherwise. So um, it was very cool to see him pop off again. So our final, our final round was the uh, Seoul Dynasty versus the Shanghai Dragons. This was so close. This was a four to three. But this was the one where the dynasty were up two and a half for me i think the one of the biggest issues here is that um profit profit is really good on his tracer profit's really good on a lot of heroes but profit kept playing the echo which profit he's not good on the echo he's he's very lackluster i i didn't honestly i think he did more harm than good to his team by playing echo because he wasn't getting the damage he wasn't getting the kills he was getting picked off so fast so it's like they were playing five V6s the entire time. Um, this was on maps like um, Gibraltar or I think King's Row too. Things like that just, I think that it tore them down because instead of playing a hero that he was comfortable on, I think they, they were forcing the Echo too hard just because of the utility that the character has. Um, I think it would have been better to either move it, find someone else to play the Echo if you needed it or just, just play another character. I I really think that was the difference on the two maps that they really they really could have won it if not for that they're play, essentially playing down a character. Yeah, they're they're essentially forcing Profit to play a character that they think would have helped in the meta, but it's not necessarily the greatest pick. Um like once again, like you cannot discount a player depending on like if they're a one trick or not, if they're popping off and doing exactly what they need to do, uh, let them do that. Like that's not, that's not a problem here. Um, I feel like the main issue was once again they were trying to force him onto a role that he's not comfortable on, um, and if they allowed him to do that, he would have been probably sitting at a in a lot better of a position than where he is right now. They they should have played something that they're used to. Like once again, 
like v talks about this quite a bit like when when we play with him um it's that an echo can either do everything or do nothing and in that case like you know, kind of not doing anything so essentially you're using a dps roster slot to get minimal damage and like not be able to clean up the kills that you want so it's kind of it's kind of weird honestly i wanted them to to pick it up in a way but i i i don't know man anyway this this map was not map this matchup was a reverse sweep the uh <laughs> it was a 3-0 and then just come back with the four wins for the for the dragons like i said if this was if they had kept it three to win instead of making the finals four to win then this very well could have been a completely different result like we could have had the soul dynasty with that cinderella story coming back from a hit or miss season to actually defeating what many consider the best team in the league so i really don't agree with changing that format at the very end i i get that you want them to play more to to really demonstrate that they're better but i i think i don't know, it just felt kind of weird to me um but i mean what what better way to end this see this series in the asian bracket than with a reverse sweep with a team that was considered probably the best in the league with a team that's probably considered was considered the worst in the asian region like it's so bad that i saw a lot of people on the internet thinking oh this is clearly showing that the overwatch league is staged there's no way that this could have happened otherwise but no i just think that's just the magic of sports you can't really expect what's going to happen exactly that's just the reality of sports um it's not you know oh we got lucky this is scripted um it it is not like the this gameplay is just so, so high level that it's very difficult to really break it down um until like obviously we just take our time and dissect it completely um teams teams can pop off at any time um it's not fair to discount anyone you you may think wow okay the Soul Dynasty are at the bottom of the bracket. Nobody cares. They're not going to be good. And then all of a sudden, you know, Profit goes back to his London Spitfire days and rolls over like eight teams. That's that's on you. Like, you forgot who's on this team. Um, the personnel is there. It is just a matter of getting the proper cleanup at this point. Overall, what were your thoughts of the May Melee tournament? I thought it was pretty solid i was a lot of once again i was pleasantly surprised with a lot of these turnouts um and i'm fine with that i i really did like the tournament um the way how it played out and everything um formatting was a little weird not gonna lie um and then tournament like organizing was a little little weird how it was best of four at the very end it should have just stayed consistent but I get it. I like the way how they broke up the days. It was kind. It was pretty easy to follow. So, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that they they brought it. I think if anything, that this definitely, I hope at least revitalized a lot of the hype for the league, just because of how high level the play was. 
And I have a lot of hope for the June tournament when we come back on the 13th for play. But I really, I hope, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to change it, but I really hope that they don't do that first to fourth thing just because it, it makes the tournament weird. It kind of negates in my mind, at least a lot of the results of the previous rounds where had you given those teams a first to four, maybe, maybe they could have pulled off the reverse sweep. You never know. Um, anyway, I, I, I was so surprised. I think that this, the money aspect, I think definitely, and probably the, the idea that it was a big deal as a tournament brought a lot of the teams up to the level that we wish they'd been playing the entire time. So, um, maybe Monty was right with his idea of the, the circuits. Maybe that's, that's the way to get these teams to, uh, to, to play at it and give it their all the entire time because it's, it's a more tangible path to victory, I guess. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like have the best of the best fight it out. That's kind of how contenders does it uh, anyways. And it would make it more entertaining. Uh, I, I believe. Um, it's just easier to to watch that way. Any comments that you wanted to add, Kevin? Uh, no, I, I'm just I'm gonna be missing the Overwatch League. Uh, not just my tokens. Um, <laughs> I I do I do like my tokens, but uh, I don't know like how quickly we're going to be able to recover from this. It's going to feel weird to have a gap in between like a quarantine like time, you know? Right. This was like one of those things that we could count on for consistency. So, I mean, it's going to be nice to have two weekends off, but what's my routine now? Well, anyway, thanks for tuning in guys. Hope you enjoyed watching the May Melee. Hope you uh, liked our analysis of it. We are go- we'll be back next week for, for news at the very least. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll pick up the league coverage whenever it comes back. And uh, we got high hopes for that June tournament. See you next week, everybody. Next week, we keep playing the anniversary event and update you on any news that comes our way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.